0: Hello, everyone. This is your Friendly Neighborhood podcast. I'm your Friendly Neighborhood host, Kyle Swope. And joining me is my co-host, Colin Donato. Colin, how you doing? Not bad, Kyle. Cool beans. Today is our highly anticipated review of Spider-Man No Way Home, as you can see if you're watching the video in my Spidey attire. So I'm really excited. I'm going to take this mask off because I can hardly see anything. Alrighty, So, Colin, let's start this thing off. What did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home?
1: Well, let me start this off by saying, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home 10 times in theaters. Definitely uh, more than the average person sees one movie in the theaters. Yep. I think I kind of had a problem seeing it that many
0: times. But. Was it like an addiction?
1: There was one time I saw it twice in one day. Within like, I saw... At like four o'clock, and then that showing ended at like six something, and then I went and saw it at six (laughs) thirty.
0: That's fantastic! Wow, that's so you just watched it back to back for like what? Because that movie was almost three hours long, right?
1: It was like two hours and twenty something minutes, so not like okay too far to the three hour border, but
0: it was still pretty lengthy. But yeah, definitely, definitely crazy. But I mean. Other than seeing it ten times, what else? And did you like it? I mean, I'm sure I don't have to ask that question since you've seen it ten times.
1: Obviously, I liked it so much that I wouldn't saw it that many times. But uh, there's there's so much to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. It was like a. It honestly like was such a roller coaster ride of a movie, which I know is what um. Who was it when well, Martin Scorsese like, badly compared Marvel movies to roller coasters? But I'm comparing this in like a good way to roller coasters.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I'll go ahead and reveal my stance. Okay, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is one of the greatest superhero films ever. Um, I'm not saying it's the greatest, but I'm saying it is one of the greatest. It stands in in my head the hall of fame of the best superhero movies like ever. The reason why, specifically, is because it offered... A lot of really original content as well as providing a crap ton of fan service and told a very fantastic Spider-Man story while simultaneously pleasing the fans. And spoiler alert, although you've probably been spoiled by this by now already, uh, Toby and Andrew come back, which is, you know, fantastic. Everyone, literally everyone wanted to see that. So, yeah, they did a great job all around really good. So, yes. Now, Colin, you've seen it ten times, so I'm going to let you take the lead if you want on uh, what aspect we want to tackle first. I've only seen it once, by the way. disclaimer. But it was fantastic.
1: So, going with what you said about how it tells a really good story with, like, so much going on, like, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's It's only two hour, two and a half hours, and they fit a lot into this. Like, you think, you introduce five villains, you have to pretty much introduce we'll reintroduce the multiverse to a larger audience who people who didn't like watch Loki and stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to set up both of the, uh, Pippa McGuire and Andrew Spider-Man. There's, you have to introduce so much and do so much and they did it so well. The pacing was perfect.
2: Mm Oh yeah, And
1: the story was so good when they had so much going on. Like it was pretty much, um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man's origin story.
0: Pretty much. Which is, it's, it's, I think it's really interesting with Tom Holland's Spider-Man because I remember when we first saw him, they were kind of like, everyone was talking about they just glazed over his origin because everyone knows it so well. But it's really interesting to think now because after the events of this movie, again, big spoiler, Aunt May dies, which might I add, I don't know if I called this when we were going through the Spider-Man trailer a few months ago, but I did call that Aunt May was going to die and I was correct. So I was both happy and sad because I was right, but it was also a really sad moment. I'm getting on a tangent here. But Aunt May dying and saying the whole great power comes great responsibility thing, it was really interesting and different because it told the Spider-Man story very well, but it changed the character's roles around. But it makes me think, like, so if Uncle Ben didn't die with great power comes great responsibility and say that, first of all, did he die in a significant way? Like, um... When I say significant way, I mean, after he got the Spider-Man powers, did... So I have a lot of Uncle Ben questions because there's that and there's also what happened. Like, Because I'm sure we are all well aware that Peter Parker Spider-Man let the bad guy get away who ended up killing Uncle Ben. So it's, it's crazy because it's like, did any of that happen then? Because if... Aunt May's the one who told him with great powers, great responsibility. Then what was changed in the MCU in terms of Spider-Man's origin and things like that? That's my biggest question. It's not a complaint at all. My just, guess for
1: that. What was that? Listen, my guess for that is probably Uncle Ben didn't really exist in Peter's life. Or when he did, it was probably like a very small role. Like he died
0: at a younger age.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I'm really hoping I know. That, Peter was like a little kid or something. Yeah, I know that Disney Plus is coming out with that Spider-Man freshman year series. Um, that's supposed oh, to yeah, launch. I forgot yeah. That. So I'm hoping that answers those type of questions because this is a very new origin story that's still very familiar now. Um, but back to the point I was bringing up originally, people complained about in, like, Homecoming that they just glaze over the origin story. That's because the entire, like, Infinity War arc, this whole first arc of Spider-Man, okay, which was... um. Civil War, Homecoming, Infinity War, Endgame, Far From Home, and No Way Home. All of those movies are all still his origin story. Because where we leave him at the end of the movie, he has gone from Spider Boy to Spider Man, okay? Like, he's kind of reached that level of maturity where he can, you know, act and have the moral compass of, you know, a regular adult hero, because he's been through a lot at this point. Um... But yeah, again, just very well-crafted, very uniquely done. They could have gone wrong so many places in this movie, and they didn't, which makes me really happy. Yeah. Because um, I know if I was trying to write a story like this, I would probably do something very like controversial or edgy that people wouldn't appreciate. Which they still kind of did, I guess, in this movie. But just, no one hated. it. They did that. it well. Yeah, they did it well. Um, What else? But yeah, it was just Mm. Such a good movie. Um, I would like to take a moment right now, just because this is the biggest thing. But uh, Toby and Andrew, okay, I want to know your thoughts and your opinions on just the whole thing and the reveal and you know all of that.
1: I'm still like almost hundred percent sure that Marvel like leaked those images on purpose mm-hmm. to build a pipe for the movie. Like yeah. they like they've been so like every other movie has been like so tight with like no leaks and stuff. And like something this big getting leaked, like definitely they did that on purpose, like build a pipe, which I'm fine with.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but
1: oh my gosh, seeing them on all three of them on screens together, like um, I remember opening night, and they open up the portal, and like you just see the big eye, the bigger eye Spider Man, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that that's Andrew Garfield, and the whole theater just starts like screaming and clapping.
0: Yeah, like it
1: was one of the best movie experiences ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was so good. Surprisingly, when I saw the movie, there was a bigger round of applause for Andrew coming onto the scene than for Toby.
2: Yeah, there was.
0: But I
1: because think- well, he was in the spider suit still. I think that's what.
0: Yeah, it could have been. And I, I knew Toby just came in and looked like a cool youth pastor. I know, which I, that that was that was a fantastic joke. I loved that so much. Cool youth pastor. But I know when when Toby came in. It was very like dramatic and built up as where when Andrew came in, it's like they were I don't think they did this very well personally as a big Spider Man fan, but they tried to make it look like this could be Tom Holland until he runs up, and gets really close, and then just jumps in and unmasks himself immediately. And people just start freaking out. Which I think personally that created a better reaction than just dramatically revealing Toby. And I think that's part of the reason why. But Andrew Garfield though, I gotta say. Like I was most excited for Tobey Maguire to come back. Okay, it's a Tobey Maguire costume. Okay, because I mean I'm one of those nostalgic people. I'm a sucker for that. Not that I I still like Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. Don't get me wrong. Um But after seeing Andrew Garfield with the other Spider Man, that's the Spider Man I wanted to see more from. Like I had more time watching that Spider Man, a better time watching that Spider Man on screen than any of the other Spider Man.
1: Yeah, it shows you what um like Andrew Garfield could have done if he had better writing for the amazing Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'm just glad that, um, Andrew Garfield came back and had a good time because if you hear, if you ever like look at interviews back around when he was Spider-Man and, you know, he was recast and Tom Holland and all that stuff, he kind of left it on nowhere. He was just kind of really disappointed with the whole thing, which as a, mm-hmm. you know, a fanboy, I mean, that kind of like breaks my heart in a way. Um, But then when you hear him like let me use another example Ben Affleck whenever you hear about how bad his Batman experience was and how he doesn't want to come back and I loved Ben Affleck's Batman so much but it just it hurts to hear that because then it's like oh he doesn't want to be this character we love him as so much Um, Uh but then after the whole thing happened and Andrew specifically hearing him talk about how great the experience was I loved hearing that because I really want to see Andrew come back in some other way shape or form after this movie.
1: I guarantee he will after like, especially the one thing it's like, he's like, man, I want to fight an alien. Oh, like, man. I don't know. It just seems like they were leading up to something like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire. Like he's, he's like, his story is pretty much done. Like there's mm-hmm. not much more to do with his story, but Andrew Garfield, like there's a door open for so many stories to tell with him.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Now I think it would be nice to see just like a little bit more of what happened to Andrew after the amazing Spider-Man, not the amazing Spider-Man. What am I saying? After Spider-Man 3, I think it'd be cool to see a little bit more of what happened to um, Toby. And seeing like how him and MJ's relationship evolved. Because we kind of left uh-huh. them off in the end of Spider-Man 3, the very last scene. Where it was hopeful that him and MJ would get back together. And then in the movie, we find out that they do eventually get back together. Which is fantastic, because everyone wanted to see that. Um, but that's just kind of it. We don't know, did they get married? Are they just? Are they still dating, or like, what's what's going on with them? How is their relationship of all? Yeah,
1: it's been a long time since. I mean, that was 2007. That movies yeah. like in so. 2007,
0: but yeah, I know. So that that's the only thing left I wanted to see from Toby that I didn't get to see. But like you said, Andrew, they never really closed his arc in the Amazing Spider-Man two. Um, so there's still a lot more story that they can tell with him, and that's a story I would really like to see continued. mm Hmm. Uh, while we're talking about the three Spider-Man, okay, <clears throat> do me a favor. I want you to rank the three Spider-Man, okay, from uh, do worst to best.
1: Worst to best. Oh,
0: actually, no. Do best to worst. Do best to worst. We'll do it like that.
1: Best to worst. I don't. I'm real. Oh, well, my personal favorite's Andrew Garfield. So number one's Andrew Garfield for me. Even be like way me. Be- like, I've been an Andrew Garfield fan. I've been defending him for years. And then, when all of a sudden people are like, wow, the Amazing Spider Man movies aren't terrible. I'm like, I've been saying this since I was like 12 years old. Now, just now, everybody's starting to say this. Mm-hmm. I see people kind of like hopped on a bandwagon on Andrew Garfield during No Way Home and like a little bit before.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: But definitely, I'd say Andrew Garfield, I don't I don't know who to put for second because Token Maguire and Tom Holland are like, mm-hmm. If Tom Holland has, like, another trilogy, I think he could become maybe the best Spider-Man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, see, this is where you get really controversial, though, too, because no matter who you pick, one or two groups of fans are going to hate you.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: I just have to tie them I can't, I, can't, I can't rank one over the other. It's hard.
0: You took the easy way out. How dare you? Because for me personally... um And I have this whole case. I've had this case made up for years now. I'm just going to make it right now. So, best Spider-Man, if you ask me personally, Tom Holland, okay? Second best Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, third best, Andrew. Now, hold on. Before we get all defensive, okay? I love Andrew, and like I said, he was my favorite Spider-Man to see back in No Way Home, okay? I also loved Andrew's movies, but I still think that... I basically, I basically blame Sony. I think Andrew Garfield was good casting. It was a really good job. And I love The Amazing Spider-Man 2 specifically. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 1, it was fine. It just, the tone was really weird. Um, and I didn't like the Spider-Man costume that much. Um, but yeah, so Andrew was really good. And I think his Spider-Man at the time was awesome. And I also think that Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker at the time was great. So I think Andrew did a better Peter Parker. No, sorry. I'm getting all the names and things confused. Andrew did a better Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire, I think, did a better Peter Parker. But there was also a higher emphasis put on Peter Parker in the Sam Raimi trilogy. Um,
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah,
0: so that's kind of where I drew it before Tom Holland came along. Because Tom Holland plays both Peter Parker and Spider-Man incredibly well into one just like unified character person. Uh, Mm -hmm. So for that reason, that's why I put him at number one. Not necessarily because of movies, just because of what they bring to the table. And the reason I put Toby above Andrew is basically nostalgia, let's be real. Um, so if you want to discount my opinion, that's fine because it's nostalgia-based. I really don't care. But anyways, yeah.
1: I, I, I think Tom Holland could become like the best Spider-Man. There's no doubt that he's... Especially after the, like, the end of this movie, his acting in this movie was fantastic, too. Oh, yeah.
0: Tom Holland's definitely like,
1: especially, a One of my favorite scenes is the shot where it's like the giant billboard with J. Jonah Jameson on it. Mm -hmm. Like talking about the tragedy that just happened Mm -hmm. and like Tom Holland just standing there and the rain's coming down
0: on him. That's one of the coolest shots. That is very beautiful, but very tragic at the same time. Um But anyway, something I'd really like to talk about next, okay, is the villains, okay? Because there's a lot we can talk about here. A lot to dive into. Um, who should we, let's talk about the most boring villain first, okay? At least this is, in my opinion, the most boring villain we saw back. Sandman. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I I hate... I know... um I can't think of the actor's name right now. It's skipping my mind. Some, some, but, um...
0: I think his last name is Church or something like that, isn't it? Y- yeah, oh... I not remember his name either.
1: I, yeah, it's something Church. I know you're... Yeah, but, um, I hated how you sand the whole time. I know because... Yeah. The actor had scheduling conflicts and, like, couldn't be there, so he could only do, like, voiceovers. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't like the whole sand thing the whole time. Yeah. And his motives were really unclear, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was, like, a good guy at first. Like, I'm a Spider-Man. Then, like, he sent a... Thing when Spider-Man sent, like, Electro to the prison thing. Mm-hmm. He, like, lost it and got mad. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, spinning giant tornadoes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And his motives were just really confused. It didn't really make a lot of sense.
0: Exactly. I, I agree 100% because, first of all, Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, what I'm saying, Sandman was never necessarily a bad guy in Spider-Man 3. Um, yeah. Because really, he was, I would consider him in movies one of the first misunderstood villains where uh, he literally, he committed crimes, he was bad and stuff, solely because he was trying to get money for his daughter who had some type of illness. Um, and they couldn't pay for it. Um, so it's like, he's, he's not justified in his actions per se, but people can understand why he did that. Um, Uh so that being said, like having him with all these actual bad guys didn't make any sense to me. Um, just seemed really, which, and then it made sense that he was just willing to, okay, fine, cure me type of thing, because he just wanted to get back to his dimension. That all made sense until, like he said, at the end, he just kind of went berserk out of like nowhere, which didn't make sense with his yeah. character. So everything kind of made sense up until then. Um but yeah so Sandman was just man I also didn't like that he was CGI the whole time. That felt really weird to me. Um but yeah so which one do you want to talk about next? Unless you have more to say about I Sandman. I guess we we'll could probably go
1: probably go from like the worst picture to like the best. So I'd say probably lizard next.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: So one thing I didn't really like about the lizard in this movie is how he looked. I hated the CGI on him. That's one of my like biggest pet peeves in this whole movie is how the lizard looked in this. Mm-hmm. I loved his look a lot more in the Amazing Spider-Man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This one it just felt too much, I don't know, CGI in mm-hmm. like the face with the face looked completely different. Like he has more of a flat face in this in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Well, this one's kind of more of a They had actually like a visible nose and stuff, and more scales and stuff. I I just didn't like the look of it. And again, like the the actor couldn't be there to do it; he was doing voiceovers. Mm -hmm. So I think I think with those two, they couldn't really. There was nothing that Marvel could really do with them because the actors had scheduling conflicts, so they were kind of just pushed to the side. Yeah, that. Also, um, the whole they kind of downed his motives a little bit. Like they kind of like made a joke of uh, like the whole turning in the people in the lizards things. Meanwhile, like in the Amazing Spider Man, like he wanted to cure himself and kind of wanted like cure humanity of like all illnesses and stuff instead of just like turning people in the lizards for fun.
0: Yeah, thing here, but yeah, see, I don't his motives. I think in the Amazing Spider Man were kind of weak though too. Personally, that's kind of why I like the Amazing Spider Man two a little better because uh, the tone and the villain just kind of because it made sense in the Amazing Spider Man initially. Like yeah, he wanted to cure himself, so he did the lizard thing, went berserk. But it didn't make sense to me afterwards why he wanted to keep doing the lizard thing and why he wanted to turn everyone else into lizards. So yeah, I don't know. Again, he was also kind of weak, but I still think it was a little more exciting seeing him back than Sandman. Um, yeah. But yeah, because Lizard didn't do much in the whole movie, quite honestly.
1: Yeah, he I'm. Um... And he escaped. He like threw Peter into the hotel thing at one point, and then he showed up at the end. There really, really wasn't much. Yeah, there wasn't much there.
0: Yeah. So again, yeah, I was just kind of meh. Um, I think the next most interesting villain they brought in was now. Again, I want to know your opinion on on this. As I say it, the next most interesting one that they brought in was Electro.
1: I I loved. Uh, Jamie Fox turning as Electro. I liked Electro so much more in this movie
2: mm-hmm.
1: than Amazing Spider-Man Two. Like I liked the, Ele- I liked Jamie Fox Electro in Amazing Spider-Man Two when he was like the villain, not when he was the like nerdy Spider-Man freak fan. I didn't really yeah. like him as that, but I loved him as the villain, especially in the scene where they're like in Times Square and they're fighting and stuff, and he's like just really confused. I love that, but I. Oh, I loved him so much in this movie. They they did him a lot better, I think. And Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I love, like, some of his, like, like quick, like, one-liners were hilarious, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the um, tree thing, when Ned's talking about the tree. And uh, when he makes the comment about the Legos.
0: See, I don't remember that, because I've only seen it once. And that was, like, three months ago.
1: And, and then, of course, uh, my, like, favorite line in the whole movie, where he's so disappointed that Andrew wasn't black.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's funny. Oh,
1: that was.
0: Yeah. That that was
1: was one of the funniest things in the whole movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, but the thing that makes me excited, though, is because they allude to somewhere down the line doing Miles Morales, which they kind of did that in Spider Man Homecoming as well. But, you know, I love Miles Morales' character so much. I really, really want to see him live action show up somewhere. Um, And we know that that character sells tickets, okay? Puts people in movies. Like, let me rephrase that, puts people in the theater, brings people to the theater, because of how well Into the Spider-Verse went. Yeah. So, yeah. Really pumped for that. Really hope we get to see Miles Morales. But yeah, I agree. I liked Electro a lot. Um, better in this movie, personality-wise, anyways. I This is going to sound really weird because I know most people don't agree with me. I like the Amazing Spider-Man 2 character design, the blue Electro, better personally.
1: Oh, yeah, I, lo- I like it. I like the blue a lot more, too.
0: Oh, yeah, because it just seems more... It looks cooler. Yeah, it just seems more modern and stylized, I think. Because um, mm-hmm. he basically... Other than that one shot that was in the trailer where we saw, like, the electro stuff come from his face, he did not look like a supervillain at all. He was dressed like an electrical guy the whole time.
1: Yeah, he looked like the construction worker. He didn't really... And he had the arc reactor on him.
0: Yeah. So really, I just I wasn't impressed with the redesign for Electro. Other than that, that's the only complaint I have. Um, because he didn't have a real big motive, again, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, they still... I don't know. Let me put it like this. They had an easier... they could work with him better because his character was not the best written in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, so it was really easy to go up from there. It didn't take a whole lot of hard thinking or effort. Um, but yeah, Electro was pretty solid. Who do you think is the uh, next most interesting villain? Which leaves only like two options well, that I know. who you're gonna. It's it's not off. Yes, definitely.
1: It, it was. I was very happy to see him return because mm-hmm. uh, Alfred Alfred Molina. I think that's how you say it. Yeah,
0: Molina Molina, something like that. One of the, I,
1: he's such a good villain. in Spider-Man Two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is one of like probably like the best, the second best Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. As mo- most people would say it's second best. Not my personal second favorite, but most people would say it's like the second best Spider man movie after No Way Home, probably.
0: What would you put in first place? You say No Way Home? <laughs>
2: it's
1: it's uh it's home? that's not it's not a solid uh it's not everyone. My my personal favorite is Amazing Spider Man 2.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. See, I respect that opinion because it's not, in my opinion, it's not a crazy opinion, but it's not popular either. So I respect that. I respect that. I don't necessarily agree, but I respect it. Um, Thank you. Because at least they Amazing Spider-Man 2 was fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and the
1: amazing chemistry between uh, Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker is just
0: oh yeah, is wonderful in that movie. Good stuff. And then uh, you know who's ugly crying? Andrew Garfield's ugly crying. Yeah, it was fantastic. But yeah, anyways, I digress. No Way Home. Doc Ock. Yes, Alfred Molina. Great seeing him back. He literally... Here's the thing I think was really good. Especially for the original Spider-Man trilogy characters. So like Sandman, um, Doc Ock, Green Goblin. All three of those actors did a fantastic job. It's almost like they picked up right where they left off. And it was like perfect. Their characters seemed exactly personality-wise anyways like what they were before it's like yeah. magic was lost
1: no it was nice um seeing Otto octavius cured finally because mm-hmm. at the end of like spider-man 2 he kind of becomes good again but of course he mm-hmm. dies like right after that after he like saves the city oh yeah. so it was good to see him like truly become a good person again mm-hmm.
0: well and then he was the first person cured too and he didn't even like fight the other spider-man after that battle on the bridge with tom holland yeah um, so I think it was really cool seeing him, because again, that character is not a bad guy. The AI and his tentacles were just kind of crazy. So as soon as that mm-hmm. was fixed, he was back to normal, like no problem at all. To um, so seeing him actually be a good guy for longer than like two minutes to destroy this big machine he made was really cool. Um, do I mean, who's next now. Yes, obviously we have the big bad who, you know, well, well let me put something here. William Dafoe, okay, he took everything that made the Green Goblin so good in the Sam Raimi trilogy and he basically, like, doubled it, okay, to making him, Uh, like, probably, I would go as far to say Green Goblin is my favorite villain in the entire MCU that we've seen. I mean, he's not from the MCU, but in an MCU movie, my favorite villain. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because he does the most, Uh, like, character, personal, like, terrible things to make you hate him. But you know, and yeah, he's just
1: evil for being evil. Like exactly. he has no reason to be evil. He's just evil.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Just like he was in Spider Man, it's like mm-hmm. the goblin sickness or whatever kind of drives him mad. Oh yeah. And oh my gosh, William Defoe perfect. I don't mm-hmm. there's no other word to find it, just perfect as him. And it really shows how Spider-Man's arch nemesis is the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm especially after he killed ma he almost killed mj he just like does everything to make his life miserable
0: oh yeah well then if you think back to the sam raimi spider-man movies actually think of green goblin as a character in every movie we've seen him in so that's including the amazing spider-man too okay here's what he does okay which makes him just a terrible person specifically to spider-man but we all love spider-man or are like spider-man so when something bad happens to spider-man we almost feel like that bad thing happens to us as well if that makes sense Um, at least that's my theory. But Green Goblin, um, in Spider-Man, okay, he almost kills Aunt May. He throws MJ off a bridge along with a train cart full of children. Okay, um, he also gets into Harry's head and makes him go crazy, which is you know his best friend. Then in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, Green Goblin, uh. I guess you could split the blame 50 50 kills Gwen Stacy. And then in this movie, William Defoe Green Goblin comes back and he kills Aunt May. And so, yeah, like, you don't mess with Green Goblin. I mean, he's just going to, like, kill everyone you love. You know? And then the Ooh. iconic line, too. First, we attack his heart, which came back in the thing in, uh, yeah. in Wyoming, which they did and they succeeded very well. Oh, yeah, you mentioned, too, he also threw, um, Zendaya MJ almost to her death. Um, which let's take a moment and talk about that scene for a minute. That was that scene. My sister actually called that Andrew Garfield was going to come down and save her.
1: And oh, yeah. I think everybody knew from that when after seeing in the trailer, it was like, oh, he's mm-hmm. like, Andrew Garfield's in it. He's going to save her. Oh, like, yeah. everybody knew that. I think
0: I think everyone's so glad that that happened though, too, because that then redeems, um, Redeems his him as a character because the big tragic thing that happened to him that kind of changed the way he was basically forever after he failed to save Gwen Stacy, and he essentially caused her death. If that makes sense, like her cause of death was Spider Man. Uh, he didn't throw her off the clock tower or anything, but if he wouldn't yeah, have, he, 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 he blames himself plan. because
1: he failed to save her.
0: Yeah, and then the fact that he was able to redeem himself by saving MJ, who was in the same situation, um, was just very rewarding. Um, which, you know, I think is just really good. Just, mm, fantastic.
2: Like, like seeing him
1: crying about it, like, almost made me tear up. I was oh, like, yeah. man, I was like, that was, that was actually, that, really, that was really, like, it made me happy and sad at like, the same time.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but... I really like the memes we got from that scene. Where they just took a meme from a movie or a scene from a movie when someone's falling. And then it's just it's Andrew Garfield diving. audience. Dive. Uh, yeah, I know. And then he's holding them crying. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I love that. Uh, good meme. Speaking of memes, this movie is chocked full of memes, okay? And that's another thing I love about it so much. It goes in with the fan service. Um... Because we get two instances where all the Spider-Man point at each other. Um, now, me being a huge meme guy, I think it was great that they did it. But when I was watching the movie, I didn't notice it actually. And I think the reason why is because they didn't really strike the same positions that they did in the in the uh, in the actual like original meme picture.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like all in a line almost. Like, they're just, like, in a straight line almost, mm-hmm. kind of. And they're all just, like,
0: yeah, pointing I mean, to their sides. Yeah, because the two times it happens is once they're in a circle and they're all pointing around. And then the other time it happens, which is before that, um, that's when Ned says Peter, and they're like, Peter, Peter? And they're all, like, pointing yeah. at each other. To figure out which Peter it is. Um, but, because here's... Even when they took the live-action picture that went really, like, viral, like, a month or so ago... um even in that they're not doing the correct poses per se. They're in the right positions but they're not posing correctly. Andrew Garfield was posing correctly. But everyone else is only pointing with one finger. And cuz the original picture when it was taken from the 60s cartoon is just the two Spider-Man pointing at each other. I think once Chameleon, I haven't seen the episode, that just makes sense for that villain to be the villain of that episode with two Spider-Man. But they're just pointing at each other. Okay. So when they redid it and they put the live action Spider-Man in it and they dropped Andrew Garfield in, Andrew Garfield was pointing at both of them, but the other spider Man were pointing at each other still. So they didn't quite do the meme exactly the way it was. That might be why I didn't actually notice it until afterwards when people were like, oh look, they did the meme. And then I was like, oh okay, I guess they did.
1: I guess it's different because with three of them it's kind of harder to do that exactly like, pointy thing.
0: Yeah, and it would be hard to make up an example where the two Spider-Men are pointing at each other and then the one Spider-Man is just kind of pointing at both of them. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, and I guess it'd be really hard to put that in the plot to make it work out exactly that way. But I'm just critiquing mm-hmm. things here now. Um, but they also Another, have uh, I'm something of a scientist. I think we're about to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely loved that meme. Well, I love the meme, but I also love that he said it. And I think the best part was he just comes right out and he's like, "You know, I'm something of a scientist myself." Like, there wasn't a huge buildup. It's just like out of nowhere. It felt like, and I think that's yeah. why I appreciated that because that's my sense of humor. But yeah, that was really good. Do they have any other memes? Nothing. I'm trying to think of
1: any other, like, meme references to the originals.
0: Because mm-hmm. those were the two big ones. Not that I can, like, think of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now either. But either way, I love the memes. I know, we've gotten off on a big t- tangent here. But we're talking about Green Goblin. Um, and, yeah, William Dafoe, Green Goblin, awesome job. I just keep thinking back to the scene when they're in the hallway at the apartment building, at, like, Happy's apartment building, when he's on top of him punching him in the face and he's just laughing. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, um gosh, that was I know, so good. I don't he know. Just, he just and um he just beats the crap out of him. I know. Like he beats the, like he destroys Spider-Man. Like his strength is definitely he's definitely seems more powerful in this one than he did in Spider in the original Spider-Man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he cuz like he breaks his ribs and he's just oh man,
0: he was oh, brutal. Man. Definitely. Um but another thing too you brought up I don't think I addressed this yet but you mentioned how Green Goblin William Defoe, just evil for the sake of being evil because of mental pro- stuff okay. okay I wish we still had more villains like that because I'm sort of getting tired because it feels like every villain has to have some type of sympathy you know what I'm saying yeah like and I'm just getting tired of just the same old thing over and over again like Loki is one of the most they, they keep bringing in more reasons why you should be sympathetic for the character Thanos, his planet died, so oh, now he thinks he's doing the world a favor by snapping and killing everybody. Other um, villains. Oh, um, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you want to consider the villain of WandaVision as. What's her face? Wanda herself. You know, she has oh, a reason yeah. for enslaving people for however long she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then more recently,
1: be- kind of. Um, Wu and Shang Chi, he kind of had sympathy towards yeah, him a little bit.
0: Exactly. It's like, and I don't have a problem with that. It's just my problem is that there's just too many characters that are like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, can I can we have some villains that I just straight up hate that I'm not sympathetic for? Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Which they used to do that really well, like in the early days and like in the 2000 superhero movies, but not so much anymore. Um, so I like. I sort of like that we're reverting back to that with Green Goblin, but I mean, that might just be me, but either way, I was going to say William Dafoe though, if he has not gotten an Oscar yet, he deserves one. Maybe he can take Will Smith's if uh, his Oscar gets taken away for slapping Chris Rock. Uh, Another great meme. I'm just bringing that up because it's relevant, not because it has anything to do with what's going on right now. But anyways, yeah, William Dafoe deserves an Oscar regardless. Um, I'm disappointed this movie was not nominated for anything. I
1: I think it was it was nominated for best VFX. I think that was it. Oh really? Yeah, cuz usually well usually like these like superhero movies like this aren't really nominated for Oscars as we know like in the past and stuff. It's kind of hard for these kind of movies to get nominated. Yeah. But I don't see why it was nominated for best VFX cuz I definitely definitely didn't have like Marvel's best. Mhm. Yeah, like there was some spots where you're like, oh, like the Andrew come, like Andrew coming in, the mm-hmm. CGI on that was a little weird. The CGI on lizard was a little weird. There was definitely some weird CGI moments.
0: Yeah, I see. I love in movies practical effects because I know it's cheaper to do CGI though too. But I'm just so tired of seeing bad CGI and everything. I feel like there was a point in like the, like right like late 2000s where CGI in my opinion peaked and then now they're relying too heavily on CGI and everything I think looks terrible Like, if you ask me personally I think Doc Ock, Alfred Molina his tentacles and everything looked way better in Spider-Man 2 than in No Way Home oh yeah I agree Um, but anyways yeah crazy stuff CGI Uh, one more thing about Green Goblin I have a lot to say because I think it was just really awesome uh, I'm disappointed he did not wear his mask for, like, 95% of the screen time he had. Cause I, now, I'm sort of in the minority here, I guess, but I am in love with the Green Goblin costume. The original, like, 2002 one. I just think it's, like, it's not super comic accurate, but I just think it looks so awesome.
1: It's original that's what's cool about it it's yeah. an original outfit that was designed for the movie
0: definitely and it's a little bit over the top too which i also like um but yeah it just i don't know i'm just disappointed i didn't get to see more of that but anyways we should move on to something else uh i know we just fanboyed about all the characters now but uh what else should we dive into that we feel like is worth bringing up about this movie uh I don't think, I don't think we've talked about the ending much yet. You're right, we haven't. So do you want to start us off with your opinions and thoughts?
1: Yeah, so as we know, like pretty much anyone who's seen the movie knows that like Peter Parker caused this whole multiverse multiversal problem by like asking for a like, everyone's uh, memory to be deleted of who was Spider-Man because Mysterio kind of ruined his life. So he goes to Doctor Strange, and he's like, hey, can you fix this? And he screws it up by asking Doctor Strange, like, so many questions and asking him, like, keeps adding on to the spell. So then at the end, he has to fix the whole spell, and instead of everyone forgetting who Spider-Man was, everyone forgets who Peter Parker is. And it kind of, it's kind of sad how even, like, Doctor Strange is affected by it. Like he's even upset that he's gonna forget who who he is, and then all oh, the like him and MJ's like final talk together. Mm-hmm. That was so sad, and oh, they're just they the whole like last ten minutes were so sad of the movie. Oh yeah, definitely. when he goes into the cafe to talk to MJ, like I knew he wasn't gonna tell her,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: still, part of me was like, man, I really hope that he's gonna like tell her everything. Yeah. And then he just walks away cuz he realizes that like their lives are so much better without him in it. Like they're mm. safe. They're out of danger. They're not going to get hurt.
0: Which is also really and sad. Then, to of think course. About. Huh? So that's also something really sad to think about. Yeah. It's like these people's lives then, are going to be better without me in it. Like that's really Yeah, which like
1: yeah, which yeah, man, yeah, that is really sad. And then of course we have uh he's all alone now. Mm-hmm. Just like Spider-Man's always been kind of a loner and mm-hmm. by himself, and now he truly is a lo- he is no one else. He just
0: has himself, and that's it. No one else. The I'm next guessing Spider-Man title. Actually, no. Spider-Man, no, all alone. That was stupid. That was stupid. It has to have home in it. Yeah, I'm losing it. Spider-Man, all by myself. That's a that's a song by Eric Carmen from the '70s. Or um. Oh, okay.
1: I'm trying to think. What was this? Oh yeah. So then he's all alone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he he like he doesn't have all the advancements he did before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like he's building everything himself. Like we see, he has a new suit. He's using a, my one of my favorite things was when he had the police tracker on his phone, and I was like, "That's what I like to see. Mm-hmm. That's what I like in a Spider-Man. He's like it's more practical now." Yeah. It's not he doesn't have like all the Stark tech. He built his own suit. He's using a police tracker.
0: Yeah. Which that deals with a lot of complaints I've heard fans say too that they don't like Tom Holland's Spider-Man cuz he's too like techy, too like Iron Man Tony Stark type, which I completely understand that complaint, but uh the next time we see Tom Holland's Spider-Man, they're not going to be able to complain about that anymore. Hmm. Um but yeah. I think some of the best movies have sad endings. Um. so I think I'm trying to think of another movie that ends on a really low note I mean I guess Spider-Man 3 kind of does uh, not that I'm trying to say that's a great movie I mean we debated previously that it's not as bad as a lot of people treat it but still mm-hmm. it ends on sort of well it sort of ends on the same note that this movie does where it ends really sad but they give us hope the amazing Spider-Man 2 does that too actually come to think of it yeah um, so anyways yeah so I, th- I thought that was really good. Again, it was really sad the whole thing. Do you think this is my personal question, dude? Do you think that uh, Peter and MJ are gonna eventually get back together, or do you think he's just gonna completely like ditch him?
1: I'm I really am unsure what they're gonna do with that. Mm-hmm. of course, I'd, I'd love to I love Zendaya's MJ, and I love to see like uh, the MJ and the, and Peter back together. But mm-hmm. it's. I don't know how they would do it. Yeah. Because they would have to re they would have to re meet, reintroduce themselves. There would be there'd be a lot to do. And I feel like she's going the where's M she's going the MIT? Yes. And he's gonna be staying in New York. So I really don't know how that would work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Ned though too, I'm gonna miss a lot. Because Ned is literally Ganky and I love Ganky.
1: Oh yeah, that's I. That's the, but that's one thing I didn't like is how they kind of took Ned and made him into that character instead of using him for Miles Morales. But yeah. I do kind of
0: like Ned. Well, see, the problem with I think Tom Holland Spider Man in general, I think they borrowed almost too much from Miles Morales in making the Spider Man. Um, and what I mean by that is I feel like personality wise, he was a little bit more like I mean not exactly, but a little bit more like Miles Morales. He was also younger. When they started seeing him in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also having his best friend being Ned Leeds, who they literally changed to be like almost 100% ganky from Miles Morales. It's like, I don't know. They're not leaving much space for Miles to hopefully show up in the MCU sometime.
1: Yeah, definitely be a very different version than what we
0: have in comics. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, But anyways, yeah. It's very, very sad ending. I do, however, we only got a few glimpses of it, but from what I've seen, I do like the new suit he has.
1: Oh, I love the inspiration from Toby and Andrew's suits also
0: in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would love a live action into the Spider-Verse that was primarily starring those three Man. That would be fantastic, I think. Just a whole full-length two hours of those three Man just kind of goofing off. Doing something important. If they did it, they have to do it right. Yeah,
1: they can't just like randomly meet up for some reason. They would have to do it like
2: mm-hmm.
1: like this was really well done because they were only in it for a short amount of time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there was kind of like a nice enough explaining while they were in it. But like if they did like a big event like that, I think it'd be hard to explain in the like the MCU. Mm-hmm.
0: Possibly, but the fact that I think this would be a good time to do that because since no one really knows of Peter Parker, then it's not, um, crazy for him to just go off a, for a little while. If that makes any oh, sense? Uh, yeah. So if they did that, like, really soon, I could see it pulling off and, you know, working and stuff. But, I mean, that's just kind of a luff and fluff idea. I haven't thought through it entirely yet, but either way, I think it'd be cool to see.
1: Um... Talking end credit scenes though, there was really only one end credit scene in this movie. Yeah, that's right. You well, know, because the second one, of course, is the Multiverse of Madness teaser, which everyone's seen. It's on YouTube. It was on YouTube like a week after the movie came out, I think.
0: Yeah, it wasn't very long before. Yeah, and then
1: we have a the which kind, of, what really disappointed me, and I, I was hoping I was like, mm-hmm. man, it'd be awesome to see Tom Hardy's Venom mm-hmm. in the MCU, and then of course they they give us that hope at the end. Like, um, uh, literary carnage, mm-hmm. and then he just goes back to the Sonyverse, and but he leaves the symbiote,
0: mm-hmm. which well a drop of the symbiote,
1: I, yeah, drop of it, which I'm so excited for because mm-hmm. like what they've set up is perfect for him like wanting to use the symbiote because like he's all he's going to be depressed, mm-hmm. he's going to be mad at what's happened, and the symbiote will be perfect to like take over for that. That's yeah. what it, it's powered
2: through. That
0: definitely, but yeah. See, I think things are really open ended though. How they're gonna leave Tom Holland and stuff. Um, kind of like what you brought up before. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I swear I'm gonna bring it back in. Um, so it's like, I really want to see the symbiote and stuff, but I feel like this would be a really weird time to bring it in. Cause we just got off of uh, you know, the whole what's it called. I almost feel like if we're going to start another trilogy, it would be a really weird note to start with the symbiote on the first movie. I feel like that would be a better plot to set up in a sequel. Just me personally, anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, Because we haven't really, we don't know much of this new, even though it's, I mean, it's the same Spider-Man, but it's still kind of like a new Spider-Man because he's changed so much. Um, And the world's changed, of course, too. But we haven't really seen much of him yet now with all this happening, that I think it would just be really weird to do that as your first move with the new Spider-Man. I mean, that's just my personal thoughts.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, definitely in the sequel
0: mm-hmm. they could do it. Yeah.
1: Like, um... Maybe make it, like, half, half like the plot be that, like, the later half of the movie be him finding the symbiote and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or, and look, not Who knows what the planet. Yeah. That little drop of Symbiote, though, too, is in, what is it, Mexico? Yeah. So to get to Mexico from New York, that is going to take a very long time, especially for a piece of goo that's like the size of my finger. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be a really good note to see him get the Symbiote maybe at the end of a first movie or something like that. Uh Mm -hmm. Or another idea I had. Because, you know, in the comics, for, like, a good chunk of the 80s, for a few years, Spider-Man wore the black suit, right? Huh. So if they leaned into inspiration from that, and he wore the black suit, and it didn't make him evil immediately, and he wore it for the majority of, like, those movies, until he found out it was the enemy, you know, and has that big moment where, you know, he's got to get rid of it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know That that could definitely work out. I could see that happening. So they could do the black suit soon, but not do Venom or make it evil. Which, that's another question I have, though, too. Because if Sony doesn't want them to use Venom, at least without collaborating with them, are they going to have to do another Venom collab to bring the symbiote back into Eddie Brock? Or is there going to be another Venom in the MCU? Because that doesn't make as much sense to have another Venom in the MCU.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what if they have their own Eddie Brock? Or I wouldn't really want to see a different Eddie Brock. I like Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him go against Tom Holland, but I don't. Okay,
0: it's here's, confusing how they'll do that. What if Topher Grace's Eddie Brock comes back? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one's asking for that. Um, I think it'd be like a funny joke sometime. Just have Topher Grace in like one scene, and they'd make a joke about him. Um. That'd be funny. But, yeah, I'm probably not a good call to bring him back as Venom. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Again, a lot of open-ended questions. Like, they left this really... I mean, they they provided a lot of closure, but they left just as many doors open as they closed, I think. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing yeah. in this case. Um, just because I think it was just executed so well. But, yeah, the end credit scene was interesting but disappointing especially because my favorite part of Let There Be Carnage was the end credit scene uh, I know we're going to review that soon so I guess a little spoilers to my opinion on that um, we'll get to it later but yeah so I mean it was fine Um, but yes any final well I, I guess I won't say final because I don't want to close the door on us quite yet but any more thoughts on Spider-Man before we move on to rating? I mean, there's.
1: I hit all the high stuff I wanted to say, like all the big things I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, I kind of did. Too. I don't think there's anything. Like, I could nitpick some things, but I really like they're just they're not big enough or important enough for me to bring up. Mm-hmm. And if they are, yeah, that's enough, I brought them up already. So, do you want to move on to ratings? Yeah, I'll get it. Let's go ahead. Cool beans. So, Colin, one out of ten. Ten being the Mona Lisa. One being the uh, finger painting you did in preschool that you gave to your mom that's stuck on the refrigerator. How would you put Spider Man? No way, huh? I've seen nine, nine out
1: of ten.
0: Nice. See, I, I'm either nine or ten. I really can't decide which one is closer. Um, I guess. I'm going to give it a 10. That's sort of for strategic reasons because I'm being a little biased here. Okay. And that reason is Mm. because I haven't informed you viewers on that yet. Uh, We're changing our rating system ever so slightly. So Josh is going to give us his opinions. He just texted me it like last night. But he gives the movie an 8 out of 10. So if we have um, 8, 9, 10, we'll average that. We'll bring them together and we meet at 9. So, yes. Because I, I would not feel comfortable giving this thing anything lower than a nine. That's why I went with a ten. Oh, sort of. Yeah, it yeah. It's hard to find
1: what's wrong with this movie because it's, so, it's even seeing it like ten times. Mm-hmm. Every time I loved it. There so oh, was one time where I was like, like, because I wanted to see it because I loved it that much. I wanted to see it again. Oh yeah. Especially, uh, one thing we didn't, oh, we didn't talk about like the greatest scene in like superhero movie history.
0: Which one?
1: Okay, when they're all swinging together and swing off each other, and then they land like one, two, three.
0: Oh yeah on on the uh, Statue of Liberty. Like just seeing mm-hmm. that scene
1: ten times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my gosh! Every time I was just like, "This is so cool."
0: Oh yeah that that was definitely a good scene. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Apparently, now I wasn't really watching the Oscars like a hawk or anything. Um, I mean, my family had it on and I wasn't really watching it regularly, but my sister said that apparently for the, on Twitter, they voted for the fan-favorite Oscar award type things.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, they had um, yeah, most, it was a uh, most like cheer-worthy yeah, scene in a movie. <laughs> number one was... Uh,
0: the Flash, in, uh, yeah, the Flash and Yeah, The Flash and Snyder Cut. But this got number two, which is like, mmm, it's like, it's close. Because those are both absolutely fantastic scenes. Um, I really would have a hard time picking one over the other between those two. But I'm surprised the people on Twitter voted Justice League ahead of Spider-Man. That's kind of what blows my mind there.
1: Yeah, that book threw me away. Mm-hmm. But oh, that Flash scene is really awesome, though. The music makes it so much better, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I had explained to my little sister then, because she hasn't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. I was like, you got to understand what was going on. You have to understand... The original Justice League cut that was terrible. And how there was basically nothing for the Flash to do other than save people really fast. And then you have to look at this one and realize how this character has purpose. And he fulfills his purpose in the movie by going back in time and stuff. And saving everybody. But, yeah. Anyways, I know we're kind of... We're going off on a tangent here. But, yeah. So, anyways... That all being said, the Friendly Neighborhood Podcast gives Spider-Man: No Way Home a 9 out of 10, which is our highest rating we've given thus far as per our like what is this like somewhere between episode 10 and 12, I don't know at this point. I'm completely lost yeah, thing Yeah. Either way, we're still early. This is our highest rating we've given thus far. Um but yes, good stuff, good fun. Uh you got anything else, Colin? Well, I'm all good. Alrighty, not a problem. Well, that being said, thank you guys all for joining us. This is the Friendly Neighborhood podcast starring Kyle Swope and Colin Donato. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Friendly Neighbor Pod. The Spider-Man theme was originally composed by Bob Harris and covered by Jacob Swope for this episode. The Friendly Neighborhood podcast is a Lumberjack Media production. Thank you guys all for joining us. God bless you. God bless America. We will catch you later.